Amen. Justice 
flows down like the water. If we want our worship to be acceptable to God, we need to be people of justice. We need to live according to God's law, His command. And secondly, He says, and righteousness, like the other southern street. Our worship of God is always, and He heard me say this before, that Jesus is the cardiologist. And the cardiologist is a blood check on our heart. Our motives, our true desire, our true adoration and worship of God. We can sing whatever song we want. We can fill this place with just out a handful. What matters is how we come before God. And if we do so, we come before Him with whatever measure of righteousness we have, because it's not much. Then we come before Him in purity worship. Otherwise, our worship is not acceptable. Yeah. And so this is why the prophet says, to be wary of the day of the Lord. He says, Alright, let's turn that one. Now I'm going to talk about the parable of the ten verses, which is actually a parable that I love. And so, what is the credence in this? And we will say, He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have come in. Now, when Jesus speaks of his return, which he does over and over again, he always talks about a delay, a lack of paying attention, and a sudden return. Every time, this is his right? And I have a picture to read of, but you might not have heard it, does like more modern, but still very traditional art. And I have several other pictures, and one of them is the parable of the ten verses. And, and what I love about it is it's it, it, it scary. It's wild. Now, on the one side, you have Christ. And around him are the wise virgins holding lamps. So they have little, looks like a heart of them. And that side of the picture is all white. Bright and white. And then there's a the good one. And on the other side, you see Jordan with a faint outline of the unlawful the foolish person, and the plants are going out. Scary, right? And, and it moves me to save my heart because he's back. He's going to get red. This is why I love this picture. And so Jesus tells us the spirit of the earth. And he says, the kingdom of heaven will be like this. It will be like ten persons who took their land and went to meet the bridegroom. I'm going to meet the bridegroom. And I want you guys to hear this thing because it's important. Because Jesus is the bridegroom and his church is the bride. And at the same time, we have the wedding feast of the land. Right? And the idea of the heavenly banquet, the marriage comes up in a lot of Jesus' parables. And I love to use the right garden, right? The right garden to make things feel better. And so he says, five things in which you find the law. For when the foolish of their land, they could never go over it then. Now, sometimes it hurts me when I have to fill up the candle. Thank God that we have fathers to be here. Because he's the wise person here. 
And it says that afterward, the other group of the king also said, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Should I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So our Christian lives are like a vision. They're all like vision. Where we must keep our candle burning, we must stay vigilant, we must pray. If we are busy, sleeping, and not paying attention, then the end of our life will come, and we will be unprepared. I looked into the talk, I looked up through some of the funeral services in the church, and one of the things he said that struck me was that one of the greatest mercies that God gives us in our lives is the death of those who love. He knows that. One of the greatest mercies God gives us is the death of those who love. And the reason the death of those who love is mercy to us is it gives us a longing for the heavens. Anybody miss anybody who's dead? Anybody long to be with somebody who is no longer here? What a mercy for God. And it prepares us for our own death. That when we recall the death of those that we love, anybody watch the news and hear about somebody that died because of the unexpected? It's always remarkable how unexpected we can be about the little things that happen elsewhere, right? Like 40,000 people died in tsunami and like, hmm. And I go off and ask them, do you ever think about that? But if somebody I love, somebody I know, dies, all of a sudden my entire world is consumed by that reality. That is the mercy of God. So that we will be prepared to meet him. Jesus said in Revelation 16, again, Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be exposed. This is the root. We must strive to be ready, because Christ will come again. And there will be those who have kept their lamps lit, who have been prepared, whose hearts are shining, who go out to meet the bridegroom and rejoice at his appearance. And sadly, there are those who will go who have been sleeping, whose plans have not been maintained, to whom the Lord said, I do not know and to whom the prophet says, Woe to those who go to the day of the Lord, for the day of darkness and not love. The stark contrast. Our prayer and our hope is that we will prepare our own hearts so our light will be lit, our lamps will be fueled, that we will be prepared to meet them, that we will prepare our hearts and our minds. And how do we do that? We do that by worshiping God in truth, in justice, and in righteousness. We do that by saying our prayers, by being in mass. The Christian faith is not hard, right? But it's hard for us to follow it. And so, in a moment, we will say, and hopefully we say with great hope, He will come again in glory to just living and the dead, and His kingdom will have an end. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.